Hello, this is the Misty Music Podcast. I'm David, and with me now and forevermore is Lucy. <laughs> Hello. That's your, that's your turn to say something, Lucy. You're not giving it to me just yet, are you? I thought I'd get one more week of um, reprieve <laughs> before you start passing everything to me. <laughs> well, well, you actually broke up there, Lucy. Did you actually respond with something when... Oh, did I? Aye, aye. Oh, no, yeah. No, I never... I said something really, like, informative and beautiful and... Yeah, Good. yeah. Good. <laughs> no, nice one. Excellent. <laughs> All right, so, um, second episode. And we are going to be talking about Black Sabbath's second album, Paranoid. Um, so this was my suggestion to Lucy. Lucy having previously suggested... Marky Moon by Television um, for episode one, so it's my turn to get Lucy to assault her ears with uh, something <laughs> she's never heard before. Um, so I, I suppose, um, I mean, the reason I, I, I kind of touched upon it on the the first episode, the reason I picked this this album for you to listen to, I mean, Sabbath are one of my one of my favourite bands. They um, really had an, made an impression on me from such an early age. Um, first album I ever bought was a Black Sabbath album when I was ten years old, and I still have it to this day. The same, the same vinyl, um, and still in pristine condition because I, I just looked after it so so well, and, um, prized possession and all that, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, they've just been with me my whole life, basically, you know. So since that very early age, and and um, they mean a lot to me. So that's me setting it all up in case you want, you're going to break my heart, let's say, you know. So I just, uh, <laughs> just, want, to, I just want you to remember everything that I'm saying here, just in case. <laughs> that's nice, though, isn't it? That you've had that since you were 10. You've uh, had that Probably before with... that, actually. It was just because it, it my brother, my older brother, he was, he had, he had that, you know, some of the albums already, you know. So I'd, I had heard them probably even when I was eight or nine, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was my first, my first purchase. But, um, yeah, so Sabbath and in particular Tony Iommi's guitar playing and riff riffing has just just been you know you know it's been like a linchpin in my life you know musically for since since that age you know and I got to meet Tony Iommi in Sheffield when he was doing a book signing and um, honestly I was like a teenager you know <laughs> you know I, I just so the, so I, so I made a mistake right so what I did is so Tony Iommi's left-handed right. Mm-hmm. So I got up to get my book signed, I put the book in front of him, and um, he signs it, <laughs> and then I stick my right hand out to shake his hand, and he has yep. to put his pen down to, to swap hands so he can shake me with his right hand, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was Aww. like, you fucking idiot, you still offered your left hand, he's a left hand, and I just, I, honestly, I felt like such a dick. Even though he, he'd never made any deal of it, he put his pen down and... and yeah, he's probably you know, used it, but... Has that trust you ever since? When? Aye, how many years ago was this? When did that book come out? Maybe ten years ago. Right, and it's haunted you ever since. Aye, aye, yeah, can't sleep at night at all. Did you it. speak to him, or did you did you did you dream of saying something amazing and you no, become was, best friends, or did you just keep cool? No, I, I try. I tried to keep cool, but I was um, the closer I got in the queue, I was starting to get really kind of like like nervous and yeah. jittery and. And um, that's when I just blurted out, thanks for everything. <laughs> Instead of, like, no, thanks for the great music, it was just like, thanks for everything. <laughs> I was like... Oh. I like that, though. Yeah, well, it so, is everything, I suppose, eh? <laughs> and he was flanked with these two big, like, bouncer guys, like, were 
totally unnecessary, but it just added to the coolness of the whole situation. These two big heavy guys in suits behind yeah. them, you know, like yeah, you know, nobody's nothing's going to kick off, you know. It's but just yeah. because they were there, it was just, ah, it was pretty special. So I, I cherish yeah. that that signature and um the fact I got to shake his his hand and um and uh, the thing is the the hand that I shook. His right hand, which is the one that he lost the t- fingertips off of. So, so does he uh, play his guitar right-handed? No, he plays the guitar left-handed. Plays it left-handed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but his right hand obviously is on the, the the frets. Yeah, yeah. I've got that right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his right hand's on the frets, like you know, um, as opposed to because yeah, our left hand would be on the frets. Uh, yeah. Both of us being right-handed on the guitar, um, and he. Um, before Black Sabbath started recording, he was in an industrial accident and lost the t- tips of his fingers, and um, you know had to basically improvise and all sorts of things. He now basically has these things made for him that go over the tops of his fingers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that was a hand I shook. So it was the, that's, at least it was the infamous hand, I guess. I'm making, I'm, making, I'm still going on about this hand and this shake, and you know, but, uh, <laughs> but at least it was that one, you know. So yeah, by doing making cool, the mistake, then. it's the most iconic hand, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd just tell myself that to make myself feel better. <laughs> um, so, aye, anyway, <laughs> I digress. So, so Black Sabbath are huge for me. And Black Sabbath, um, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this who are Black Sabbath fans will know this fully and, uh, you know, and the history of Black Sabbath pretty well. Um, but some of you may not, um, but they have went through an insane amount of lineup changes, you know, from mm-hmm. when the original lineup, which is. Um, one featured on this album right through and they've taken on so many different guises and when uh, Ozzy was fired from Black Sabbath they went, they went on to replace him with uh, Ronnie James Dio and they, they became a bit more theatrical, a bit more what you would you know, you would tag heavy metal as being, if you know what I mean a bit more, you know, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons and things like that, the Blues had had taken a bit of a back seat you know, um, so it become a bit, a bit more like that. I still love it, you know. Uh, don't get me wrong. And yeah, after that, that was really singing after singing, and it was it was kind of. I mean, I love all their albums. Um, so I was going to ask, do you still do you love all formations at all? Yeah, yeah, I do. I love it. Even the even the awful albums, I still like. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, because the first time I saw Sabbath was nineteen ninety two. Okay. And that was with uh, Ronnie James Dio. He re- it was a reunion with him, so he came back to the band and made one album, and um, with them before they all fell out again and he left. And um, yeah, that was the first time I saw them. But I've, I, I, I'd seen them with uh, Ozzy a couple of times when they you know got back together, and I saw them in the last tour, um, which was actually a free ticket in the at the Hydro in Glasgow, and it was a free ticket in the box office. Uh, the bo- no, the box office, the box. VIP box, fabulous. Um, so that was pretty cool, um, and I because I just I wasn't interested in going to it, namely because Bill Ward, who plays on this album, wasn't there. Yep. Okay, and that's really important to me that he's there. And uh, number two is Ozzy hasn't really been able to sing for a long time, so mm-hmm. I thought, nah, I'm not going to waste waste my money on it. But then I got a free ticket, went along, and I fucking loved it, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so but uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm talking a lot about myself and my relationship with Black Sabbath now, and um, yeah, I could I could go on all night, and I don't think that's the point tonight. We're going to talk okay. about a specific album, so I better just shut up and uh, 
ask you your initial thoughts. Obviously, we're going to go into the in- individual tracks here, Lucy. But um, <laughs> give me your overall view of this album. Well, I'll I'll start with what I thought about Black Sabbath before before I, I listened to this. So when you mentioned it to me last week, I'm, the first thing I went away and thought is the only one I know is the Aussie singing, you know, that that's yeah. all I know. Yeah. Right, that is yeah. that's all I know. And I think this is probably my pure ignorance to probably this kind of pocket of music, but I just kind of pegged them with like, and I'm so sorry because I'm probably going to offend you hugely here. Oh, go for it. <laughs> but pegging it with kind of Motorhead, Guns N' Roses, I have no idea what that kind of... Mm-hmm what that kind of that kind of world is yeah. and i've only ever seen it in like guy blokes wearing t-shirts you know black sabbath going into hmv and seeing all the black sabbath t-shirts and mugs and yeah. probably all the kind of commercial side of it so it just it and it, it it's more that i th- probably thought that i just can't relate to that that's yeah. that's a, yeah. that's kind of that's a like, I can't relate to the people that I'm seeing wearing blacks, so I probably, it's no for me, you know, which is pathetic <laughs> and totally ignorant. Um, it's not, but it, it, it's real. It's how you genuinely feel, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's important when, when, when we talk about these area albums we're talking about, you know, um, in the future or, or in the past, you know, I think it's important. Yeah, yeah it's just just uh, just probably my own prejudices to something I have nothing about <laughs> you'd know nothing mm. about because um, I know nothing of these other bands that I've mentioned either so I don't know why mm. I would think they would they were going to be pegged together and of course I knew the Prince of Darkness and, and oh, Ozzy's yeah, yeah, makeup yeah. and all that sort of stuff so yeah, yeah. so that's probably as far as my um, as my kind of knowledge went so um, first listen when I played it and well over general sorry yeah I'm surprised eh mm. I'm pleasantly surprised there's a lot more to it than 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 I thought, and then I'm trying to place it in like the seventies when it was released, and because some of it's, I'm not saying it's it's dated, but some of it's a wee bit dated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my opinion of it, but uh, not not badly. But um, thinking of it in the seventies, I'm trying to place it where where it was and how different it maybe was, and I can see how it was. You know, when I'm reading up about it, they're saying how much it was like such an early influence for a lot of kind of hard me- like metal mm-hmm. stuff and, yeah. and, and genres so um and I can understand that eh so 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 yeah when I've when I've listened to it and I've listened to it a lot over the week yeah I'm surprised it's not probably a style I would ever listen to that kind of guitar stuff the kind of drums the, the kind of music side of it so um so yeah I'm pl- pleasantly surprised without trying to go into too much detail because I want to okay. Yeah, yeah, you know? save it for the for, yeah. for, for the songs. Yeah, uh, no, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the thing. I mean, um, you know, you talked about Motorhead and Guns and Roses. I mean, they're two bands that you know I, I do like in varying degrees. But in terms of like heavy metal, um, I wouldn't even the two bands you mentioned. I wouldn't I wouldn't class either of them as heavy metal. So um, is this heavy metal? Well, yes, but okay. It's kind of, it's kind of. We talked about last week, so we talked about last week, didn't we? We talked about um, the New York scene with television, yeah. and, and but television don't sound anything like the Ramones and you know yeah. Patti Smith and all that. You know, it's all very different. It's just part of this 
this you know this scene that came up you know and, and but it's very creative and you know and these kind of things um so i think the same uh, same goes for heavy metal where um yeah you can class it all under that umbrella but there's there's so many different vibes within that as well you know for example this album to me is very much uh it's yeah it's metal but it's it's it's, it's done in, a, in such a different way. Sabbath, Sabbath, are, they, they kind of, what happened is they, Sabbath were more doomy, you know, it was more kind of like gothic and kind of, you know, um, yeah. you know, the sound of it. And what happened is the kind of mid-70s to late 70s, bands like Judas Priest and eventually Iron Maiden took that kind of vibe but made it more, they, they kind of sped up a wee bit and they, and they added more noodly guitars in and things like that and it became more theatrical and all that. So, so Sabbath, Really, I mean, you listen to you listen to an Iron Maiden album, for example, and you listen to a Black Sabbath album. They don't sound in any way similar, anyway, yeah. at all. You know, they're, they're like two. It's it's like two different genres, even though they're both essentially metal. You know, yeah. And if if Black Sabbath kind of kept that, you're saying like later into the seventies, it kind of got more theatrical. Did they do the same? No, it wasn't until Ozzy actually left. Um, right, so, that they got so, more. Yeah, so Ozzy yeah. left, or he was fired, sorry, in 79 um, from Sabbath. And then in 1980, they released an album called Heaven and Hell and, and bringing in Ronnie James Dio, um, who'd previously sang with Rainbow. It was this kind of, it was more, yeah, you know, more kind of, you know, uh, theatrical and, you know, all the rest of it and the style of the, the, the songs were. I mean, it's, it's still great, but, yeah, it kind of moved into that kind of ter- territory. Whereas, yeah. whereas Sabbath stuff was always kind of very rooted in the blues, very rooted in jazz and, and kind of yeah. swing, swing time. I mean, Bill Ward, I mean, swings like hell on that kit, you know. And even in their last two albums, they kind of, they dabbled in jazz outright, um, you know, bringing in saxophones and things like that and, you know, stuff like oh, that. So they, yeah. were, they, they were kind of experimenting a wee bit towards the end. They, these, the, the last two albums they did with Ozzy, a lot of people will say they're the worst albums ever and blah, all this kind of stuff. That's just, that's just, Somebody reads that in a magazine and they just go, all oh, right, that's the two shit albums. And then it just becomes that thing. It's said so many yeah. times, it just becomes a fact kind of thing. And yeah, they're not strong, but there's some, there's some um, not as strong as the previous ones, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they've taken some chances and which has been overlooked, you know. Um, they were but, quite prolific as well, eh? They wrote a lot. Yeah, yeah, they there did. There's a lot they, of albums like year after year. Yeah, yeah, they really, yeah. really did. Yeah, they really uh, put them out, Lucy, you know, uh, very quickly. Um, and then, for, for in fact, even Paranoid, I mean, their debut album was came out February 1970, and this came out September 1970, so it was two albums in mm-hmm. one year, you know, that came out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm, I'm trying to explain it without getting into a big, big kind of, like, almost okay. essay on what heavy metal is, and, you know, um, but... Yes, they are. They, they, the reason the reason I would say that they're heavy metal and they started heavy metal was because the first album, the, the song Black Sabbath, it's got the tritone, which is that kind of evil sound that do that kind of almost like yeah. um, it's kind of almost like you know horror movie kind of esque, you know, kind of yeah. like you know, but, but it's got a really heavy driven guitar. It's not just like heavy like you know the way Cream were in the late seventies. Or you know Zeppelin, where it, it's not, it's something completely different. It's something that's that's dark, you know. And when you marry those heavy guitars with with dark, um, um, dark riffs and dark, you know, um, uh, scales, then you've got heavy metal basically. And, and nobody, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, there was people that came close. There was people that 
allowed Black Sabbath to be what they were, you know, in the 60s, but it wasn't until they basically, you know, solidified it and turned it into something dark that it became heavy metal um, okay. from that point of view. So, um, well, I Paranoid itself, for me, is, is it's one of my favourite Sabbath albums. Um, what I like about it is it's one of these ones that... Um, it's quite easy to listen to for me. Um, it's it's one that you stick on if you just want to. You don't want to be challenged too much in terms of a Sabbath album, you know. Um, that's a nice kind of easy going one for me, and I think sometimes you just need that um, in a band's okay. catalogs. One that you can go to and go, ah, it's nice, easy, easy to digest kind of album. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely up there, and it's actually become in more recent years. Uh, I've liked it more and more. In more recent years, so um, that's why it's became one of my favourites. But yeah, just I just love the sound of it and the guitar playing, the, the you know the bass playing, the the drum, all of it. I just I think it's all again, you know, the four members contribute massively to to the success of this album for me. Um, when see when I was listening, no, when I was listening to, I was like, I had a wee laugh to myself because I I, I was thinking I can. I can see why I can see David in this album. You know, ah, okay. I can see why you like it, and I can see what you know what we've kind of chatted about the music and things mm. and the kind of face melting solos and all that. You yeah. know, I can get, I can get that. Eh? <laughs> Aye, personalities are there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get it. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose what we'll do is we'll get a wee bit of info on the album. I've not got too much actually um, on the album um, itself, so. Very briefly, it was obviously the second Black Sabbath album, released in September 1970. It charted at number one in the UK and number 12 in the US. And it was recorded across uh, three days um, in 1970. So back when you would just whack at an album and get it done and get out of there, you know. Yeah. You know. That is pretty incredible, isn't it? It is, isn't Over it? three days. See, yeah. when you think it, you hear bands now in the studio for months or what, eh? Yeah, three six days. months and stuff, I know. <laughs> just bash it out. First <laughs> album that they actually recorded on the way to a gig in Belgium. Did they? In Belgium, they, they just jumped in and, uh, what was it, a day or two days? I think it was either a day or two days. They recorded the first album and then that's us done and then just flew over to Belgium for their gig, you know. Or got the boat over or whatever it was, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Aye. Some of the some of the footage I watched online where they were in Belgium. Ah, right. It okay. was you know some of the early stuff that they recorded because yeah. I was amazed with how it, how the footage didn't match up with what was in my head with them because they're just ah, like blokes, kind of you know, long hair, no 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 fancy at all, oh, eh? No like, at all. Yeah, but they yeah. were but they were pre- pretty not clean cut because that's no right. They were all long haired and everything, mm-hmm. but but they weren't eh? Grubby, which yeah, yeah. I probably thought they were. But yeah, some of the old footage was great. Yeah, no, I love um there's one uh, gig from Paris in nineteen seventy. I just love love that gig. It's brilliant, just them at the rawest and yeah. um yeah, perfect, basically, you know. <laughs> I suppose we should just get in get into it and oh, start yeah. start talking about the tracks. Well, we've got uh, War Pigs, Paranoid, Planet Caravan. Iron Man, Electric Funeral, Hand of Doom, Rat Salad, and Fairies Wear Boots. Great Maybe. names as well, eh? See, when I looked it up, I'm like, I'm loving that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, War Pigs, so, starts off the album. Now, I thought, 
when we when I mentioned this last time, I thought that you you might have heard this before, had you? Uh, yeah, I'd heard that um, I was more familiar with some of the riffs in this album, this one included, than, right. than I was um, what I thought I was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but like when, I'm, when I heard it and I hear the siren at the beginning and stuff like that, I'm, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it felt totally new to me because I was listening right. to it totally different. You know, so um, you're focusing on that kind of thing, yeah, 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 much more. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've got something jotted down. I loved how kind of, I mean, is it Vietnam? It's talking, is it, is it that Vietnam kind of anti war? I wanted to write a song called Warp, I guess, you know, the satanic version of Christmas. Write it about that Satan isn't a spiritual thing, it's uh, warmongers. That's, that's who the real Satanists are, all these people that are running the banks and the world and trying to get the working class to fight the wars for them. And we sent it to, off to the record company, no, we're not going to call it that, it's too satanic. So uh, I'll change it to war pigs. I mean, it, that, that does creep into the album, yeah. Um, um, obviously, in hand of doom, which we'll come to later on. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's it's pretty much that. That's obviously Vietnam was still raging at that moment in time, and and they're thinking about the you know politicians hide themselves away. It's yeah, it's very much kind of with that in, in mind. Yeah, I love how it was. Um, I've got um, jotted down about how like it was proper, like cynical. Obviously, mm-hmm. everything they're talking about cynical, but no angry. Yeah, yeah, aye. Is it? Is that fair enough? Yeah, no, is, I, think, I mean, I, think, I don't know if you maybe see it as no, angry or what. Not at all. I think I think that's that's it. It's it's um, it's more thought provoking than than spitting vitriol. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All that you know. What was it? But you just leave the you were saying about the whatever the government, but leaving it to the poor and to actually go out yeah, and do the fighting yeah. or what the, the kind of lyrics and stuff like Absolutely. that. Eh? Um. My favourite kind of music bit in this was the last minute of the guitars. The last minute of the guitar where it, mm. it changes, it ramps up, it almost builds right up to... I, I, mm. I, I probably explain it really crap, but um, but there's it is exactly like the last minute of the song where it just changes and builds up. It sounds cool as anything. Is it this bit? Yes. That but there it goes. There it yeah. goes. And it keeps going down and down and Yeah. I like uh, that. But uh, next <laughs> time, do, 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 Yeah. I know, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was my favourite bit by far. I mean it's 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 I get it. I mean it's a bit of an opener, isn't it? Absolutely, you know. I think even just even down the simplicity of the, the hi hat, um Riff yeah. on the, you know, just loads of space as well, you know, and I think that's what I love about it, you know, there's just tons of space, it's not, um, they don't overplay, well, maybe it gets a bit crazier towards the end, like you were mentioning there, but. Yeah, but that last minute, it's not that it slows down, but it builds, yeah. it builds differently yeah. right yeah. at the end. What is it, what is it, they don't write a chorus in this album at all. Do they? No, I think I think they do. I think they do. Is it just me that does they hear it? Maybe just you. <laughs> Point one out to me. It's maybe because um, I don't know. I'm trying. Th- I'm trying to think why you maybe wouldn't wouldn't have heard choruses. And I don't know if it's maybe because a lot of the a lot of it's kind of heavy driven. So you, when it goes out at the chorus, you wouldn't necessarily know. 
maybe maybe it's not coming down and then lifting at the choruses where they, they stick out. Don't know if it's maybe... Yeah, I get what you mean. There's, there's, I get what there's you... no chorus in this. There's no chorus in Warpigs, but yeah, you're right. Definitely not a chorus. Yeah. I think... That, I, I, I might be wrong, but I think there's a few. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah, the kind of structure of the song was different to me. Totally different to what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. I mean, it, to me, it was based... Like, a lot of this album was based around... Like, um, there was that many breaks and changes in tempos mm. and... and and you know it was based a lot more around that, or I was focusing a lot more on that than 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 the kind of a conventional structure that I've maybe heard more. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. There is a lot of that. There's that a lot. Makes of, sense. You know, there's a lot of um, tempo changes on this, especially side two. There's there's quite a few few tracks where it just it just really gets out to have real, total swing time, and you know, yeah. get your boogie on basically. You know, with like, some of the riffs. You know, you know. But Warpigs itself, I mean, this is one of their most famous tracks. This is like you know, if it's if it's not uh, Paranoid being the the, the most famous um, for, yeah. and we'll get to that. But um, but Warpigs is probably and maybe Iron Man as well. In fact, th- those three I would say, which are all on this album, are probably the three most famous. You know, um, for most people. But um, were they all singles? No, just Paranoid and Iron Man. Uh, Warpigs wasn't okay. Yeah. Um, but Warpigs, I mean, that, talking about what it was originally meant to be, I mean, um, some of the original lyrics on this was like cast the priest into the fire and all that and things <sighs> like that. You know? I would have preferred that. <laughs> so I think it was all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so then I get changed more into kind of war, um, you know, an anti-war song, you know. Um, but yeah, it was, it was all right. very kind of like satanic and you know that kind of stuff you know but um but even get back but again that's it that's the thing about black sabbath they get they do get tarred with that kind of satanic thing going on and and some of it's some of it's some of it's fair enough but a lot of it isn't you know uh for example their first album when you open the gatefold up it's got an inverted cross in it and okay. and the band were like that was absolutely fuck all to do with us. It was a record company Vertigo that just decided to, right, to, okay. to, to to do it basically. It was, you know, so, you know, um and they said, you know, they'd have like devil worshippers turn up at their gigs and all that and try to get backstage and all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah. so but I mean Geezer Butler himself, um, the bass player, he's um he's like a devout Catholic and stuff, you know, and um yeah. so then um, like how was where did that come from then? Was it like in the media at the time that that peg, pegged them as being well, satanic and worshiping? And I suppose again, like I said, some of it was fair because the the cover yeah. of the first album that, has got a witch yeah. on it. There's a witch standing in front right, of this okay. old spooky fucking house, you know, and the band yeah. are called Black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and the, the song Black Sabbath is pretty much. Uh, being shit scared for, from seeing Satan, basically, you know, and running away from him, and you know, yeah. and that's pretty much. So, I'm probably just judging it by today's standards. Like, yeah, today's, oh, it's, it's, it'll be, it'll seem really you know? camp and really kind of, you know, um, just so inoffensive and comic book almost. Yeah, just you know? far fetched. Yeah, kind exactly. of far fetched. I thought it's like that's it. I um, I peg that like what the folk were like when Elvis shook exactly. his hips Aye. like that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite one is. Um, the, when 
uh, the Carpenters recorded an electric guitar solo in one of their songs. They got like death threats and things because it was so anti-Christian, oh, like so anti, you know, like because because it was wholesome. like that satanic it was so anti-wholesome. <laughs> oh, it was yeah, so um, yeah, Brilliant. kind of hysteria. <laughs> Superb. I think somebody's lyrics might seem impersonal, almost like outward looking rather than inward looking. You know, and I think that's uh-huh. a lot. I think that's a lot. Of, you know, Geezer Butler, a bass player, writes most of the lyrics in the band. Okay. Um, so it's probably probably more outward looking, you know, um, and introspective and stuff. But uh, but yeah, War Pigs. I mean, this was covered by. I mean, Mogwai did a cover of this um, before, and um, it's been covered like countless times, you know, um, by by bands through the okay. years. Some successfully, some not. Um, the Cardigans did a cover of. Oh no, it was uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Uh, they did a, a cover of that, and it's like done in a total cardigan style. It's really, really kind of lounge and kind of right. really kind of soft. And but it, it works. It's really fucking good. <laughs> but um, but yeah. I suppose going back to that, kind of my original point, I think I, I meant to make at the start was with songs like War Pigs and songs, you know, early Black Sabbath. There's people that there's people that will be fans of. Uh, various genres of music that will have a lot of time for Black Sabbath. Whereas mm-hmm. when you talk about heavy metal in general, I think a lot of people go, I, just, I don't not really get time for heavy metal, but I do dig some Black Sabbath. You know, so they do have that kind yep. of, there's something about them that, that can appeal to a wider, you know, a wider yeah, audience. Cross over a cross over. Bit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, Warpigs, I think it's, I mean, is it my, one of my favourite Black Sabbath songs? Probably not, but probably. Um, it's still a, still a great tune, you know, and and I think it's and I think um, as you say, the guitar work on it is, is brilliant. Once it really kind of gets past that kind of initial, you know, bit with the stop start, you know, and it goes into the kind of the bit uh-huh. in the middle towards the end, you know, it really yeah. it really does. Uh, you know, there's lots of great riffs in it, you know, um, and great guitar yeah. guitar bits in it. You know, I really love it. Um, no, pleasantly surprised. See, when I first put it on, like I say, pleasantly surprised, eh, because. Hmm. It's absolutely not what I thought it would be, <laughs> you know? Absolutely not. And then we move on to the second song, which is Paranoid. Um, this was a single. Yeah, so this was the one, the tune that I'd know, I knew I knew. So, um, yeah, so I knew I'd heard it before. So, um, uh, quite familiar to be able to, to, to fire it on there. And I kind of, uh, from reading, I can understand that they... Um, I know they only recorded like in the space of a couple of days or what, but this mm. was written during that process and recorded yeah. within what a couple hours or what. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's catchy, mm-hmm. and like it I is. say, it's the one that's stuck in my head. So, yeah. so the whole the whole kind of pro- that that progression that, that you know with it with it with the tune that I, I've I've sung for you, um, <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I can see, I can see how it was a single as well. Yeah, I can see how it's like probably the catchiest and the one I probably most associate with with Ozzy and Black Sabbath. So, um, yeah, I've, I've not got a huge amount of notes on on it because probably it's the one I'd heard and and had least to say because I think I've heard it before. So, yeah, there's not a lot in does it. That I sense? mean, there's like about two riffs or something. I think in the whole song, you know, it's really yeah, just the. Yeah, just the main kind of riff, ah, is yeah, it? Just, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Did they even pick yeah, up yeah. another one? Yeah, well, there's, there's a couple of calls ring out, you know, 
now and again, yeah. you know, can you help me? Do, you know, so they, that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to think of like choruses and stuff. I suppose that was the closest they came to a chorus in that song. So you're probably right, Ashley, as we go through these songs. <laughs> you might actually be proving, proving yourself right and proving me wrong. I hope so. I hope no so. choruses in this album. So, uh, yeah, Paranoid <laughs> doesn't have a chorus. But, uh, but yeah, as you said, Lucy, um, through your own reading, you know, this, this song was just thrown together because I didn't have enough. Fired uh, out. Yeah, yeah. And um, when, I, when I'm listening to the album and it comes on, I'm okay. But see if like I was listening to a rock radio station and Paranoid came on, I go, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, because it's just... Just because you've heard it. Aye, Paranoid. I mean, really? That's the best one you could have picked to play a Black Sabbath. <laughs> right, you know? yeah, fair enough. It's because it's the most yeah. popular one, the most accessible one. I get it, but it's overplayed and, and, and you know... <sighs> It was interesting because obviously it's quite catchy and quite you know and, and they were on top of the pops doing it and things like that and yeah and um, Bill Ward the drummer like you know in a more contemporary interview he said I was actually quite fearful at that point that we might end up becoming more poppy you know because it's quite right. kind it's quite you know so he was a bit like uh, you know you're on top of the pops and you see everyone dancing away and stuff I think he was a bit like whoa you know. No, I just just know where I want to go with this. This yeah. it's very throwaway and very kind of made and, and you know love the last minute. And I think it shows when you hear the complexity and the guitar work on War Pigs, and then you hear this another one. Yeah, kind of yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes. I do understand that, but it's funny that this is the song that got them on top of the pops and everything. The one that was thrown together to yeah, just to fill yeah. the album and and like throw away and like. Yeah. Maybe shallower what than 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 the other ones, and this is the one that got maybe more commercial recognition. Oh, definitely, it's weird. Ah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think even yeah, in the context of the album, I can take it and I can enjoy it. But isolated from the album and out of context, it, it just winds me up a wee bit. Know the song. I it's just the, it, yeah. it's the choice of playing the song that winds me up. You know, you know, um, educate people. You know, expand people's horizons. Play other fucking things. You know, um, yeah, so it's just I overplaying. You know, I mean, is there a song? Is there a song from uh, you know any of the bands or artists that you like that it's always that song they play and you think fucking hell? It's you know. Like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Where it's yeah, I'm I'm trying to think off the top of my head where, or even it maybe not played all the time, but it's the one that's referenced all the time, mm. and it's the one that's the one the one that's yeah. Or you're at a gig and some some arsehole shouts out this yeah. song, the singer, something like that. And you're like, yeah. no, no, did he? You know, play something. Mm. Play one of the the better, you know, something that you uh, the deep cuts or love something, or a hidden, aye, aye, yeah. A hid, yeah, or a hidden gem, or yeah. or just something that you love more than just the the easy one. But this paranoid was, although it's probably the easiest one, then maybe the easiest one to listen. It's not. It's by far not my favorite on this album. I've got a major favorite. When we did the lyrics to paranoid, nobody knew nobody knew what it meant. <laughs> So I had to explain what paranoid meant. I only gave nine at the time, just sounded good. Because everybody was walking around going, yeah, man, I'm paranoid. And nobody knew what it meant. It just sounded cool. And so I just wrote this song. And luckily enough, the lyrics to the song were about being paranoid. So I was lucky at that one. So aye, so we move on to Planet Caravan. And the vibe kind of changes pretty 
drastically, I would say, you know, very low-key, very jazz-influenced, this one. Um, yeah. What do you think, a planet caravan then, Lucy? Well, you don't have to wait long to find out which my favourite one is, because it's this. So this one? <laughs> love this, eh? Honestly, I love yeah. this. Like, this this is right up there with the kind of style I love, eh? So, and, and the change from the first two, 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 two tracks to this kind of almost blew me away because one obviously sounds it sounds totally different the vibe's totally different but even just the kind of jazzier influence the kind of you know the strip back the I don't is it bongos he's playing or something similar the kind of dampened guitar and everything like it's cool as cool as anything eh yeah the lyrics I prefer the lyrics in this one the the kind of dreamy um trippy spacey vibe that it gives yeah. hey so um yeah i like this one yeah no i love it as well i think it's i think it's brilliant i mean the um yeah yeah, good. yeah, yeah no it's one of my favorites on the album um and i, th- I think the the guitar work from tony i mean to- that that's that's where t- that's where tony's um that's where he's 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 kind of heart originally lay and and more jazz orientated stuff that's why his solos even though they're heavily driven they're kind of almost like jazz scales and Dora Iommi was a big Django Reinhardt fan. Loved him, you know. And, right. Um, and the thing about Django Reinhardt is he only two fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing that gypsy kind of jazz style on on his acoustic. And um, that's what inspired Tony to keep playing after he lost the tips of his fingers because he's ready to give up. Yeah, I saw I saw a YouTube clip of this. It must have been part of a documentary where he says that, well, I think it was, was it his boss? It, it, it's part of this kind of industrial accident, play, played him or got him this this track so he could, to, he could hear it and relate that the fact that he'd lost his fingers and or the tips of his fingers and kind of ins- inspired him. And it was it was round about this this song that it was where this um, where this kind of came from that they were he was talking about it and he was playing a couple of the jazz kind of riffs and how it inspired him to, to write this song. So yeah, that was interesting. Tony, he used to love Django Reinhardt um, and Joe Pass, and he used to you know play that a lot, which uh, didn't really fit him <laughs> with the heavier stuff, but it gave him a chance to you know show, show that he could, what his roots were. We just went into like a little jazzy solo at the end. But he's, you know, I think he's playing really this lovely on this, you know, um, the guitar solos and the, you know, the the dynamics and all that, you know, the loud bits, the really quiet bits, he brings it way down, really kind of really soft, and then he'll he'll he'll, he'll really pinch a, pinch some of the notes so they really kind of stick out, and then just ah uh, uh, yeah, it, I, I yeah, I, I have the exact same thing written down, the kind of the high the kind of higher and louder guitar bits where it kind of gets. Yeah, I have the exact same. It, honestly, it kind of gave me chills the first couple of times I heard it. You know. No, no, it really is. It's it's, it's pretty pretty bloody special, as far as I'm concerned. And and even Ozzy's voice. I mean, um, I put it through a Leslie speaker. You know, so they were the speakers that they would normally use, organs. 
you know, he amplify an organ for, for on stage and stuff, they'd use a Leslie speaker, but instead they put Ozzy's voice through that instead and gives it that kind of yeah. weird spacey, kind of almost underwatery kind of sound, you know. Yeah, kind of hollow uh, sound. Yeah. Although in the wee, the wee clip that I was uh, uh, watched on YouTube, it, it kind of isolated his vocals and they were still really lovely. I'm, sh- I'm sure it was, and it was still really gentle and kind of, and they were saying that um, it basically came through kind of jamming together and playing a wee something and then and then kind of how it came about and it, it feels a wee bit more a wee bit more I don't know natural or what a bit more yeah possibly mm-hmm. because it kind of came for a, a jammy kind of um, improvised whatever um, um, it plays it, it sounds it sounds it you know it sounds easier mm-hmm. if that Definitely. makes sense you know it sounds easier that's it you know you could tell like you know they were you know, it's it's too it's too easy to say. Oh yeah, they must have been mashed out their faces coming up with this. You know, they must have been high or, you know. But I, I don't necessarily think of that. You know, I think that's that's we all bands. I think that's just oh because if they're either associated with drugs, which Sabbath were they were associated with, yeah. you know, you know, smoking hash and you know, um, grass and all that. You know, um, and um, and it's I, th- I think that's just so cheap. You know when. You know, people, because people would, you know, ask, oh, man, they must have been mashed. They must have, like, and it, it, listen, they might have been, I don't know, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's just, um, you know, it kind of undervalues the, the sort of the musicality of it, I think, a wee bit when you start saying they must have had this state of mind or they must have been on this or on yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Or, you know, whatever. I had to be that creative or to be this type of creative, yeah. they had to be off their yeah. face or what. Yeah, uh, yeah you're yeah. right, that it cheapens it. Yeah, you know? yeah, but it might. I mean, they might have been. Maybe <laughs> <be> true. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's a nah, it's a it's a beautiful track. Love it. Never get tired of hearing it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, this will be one I'll play again. You know, this will be one I'll go back to. Absolutely. Just came up with that in the studio, and it was really laid back, so I didn't want to come out with the usual love crap. So it was about. Uh, floating through the universe with your loved one instead of let's go down the pub and have some chips or whatever and that's what it was about just taking a a spaceship out into the stars and having the ultimate romantic weekend so after this it kind of goes back to kind of familiar territory so we get iron man starts off with that kick drum and then that horrible drone thing yeah so um yeah that kind of that it kicks off with that you're right with that kind of Drony noise, that were horrible noises you said. And then see when he shouts like I I am Iron Man. I I thought, oh no. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, oh no, this is this is no this is no for me. I'm no Iron Man. I'm no uh, like I can't sing that and no feel like like you know, like that's just so no for me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, and then instantly recognised the Rafi for um, for yeah. f- f- you know f- that that comes into it, and I genuinely I spent most of the week thinking I must have learned that when I was like a kid learning guitar. Mm-hmm. I'm a, like I had I actually like faked these memories in my head of getting taught this because it was probably <laughs> something I got taught, and then I realised that it's from what I was remembering was. In School of Rock, when Jack Black teaches the wee guitarist this, the riff. Right, yeah. And I had just imposed my own memories of learning this riff and then felt really uncool for the rest of the day. Where it was like, <laughs> no, this is where I remember it from. 
Aye, so I mean the main I mean our main riff's been used for so many different things. It's been used in films and and everything. So that riff, no necessarily the full song or anything, but that riff's been kinda, you know, used quite a lot. Um I thought it was gonna be like um this follow the same thing as Paranoid, that kinda yeah. the riff all the way through and the kinda yeah. uh, but the bit after where he sings, like, now he, now he has his cool riff after that. That is cool, man, eh? And there's a great moment on, on Iron Man. They do this descending bridge that shifts into an ascending bridge on a dime. Listen to that one over and over again, and then go in the band room and try and do that yourself, and and you'll you'll sprain your mind. Yeah, it just changes, eh? And I'm like, yeah, this is better, because all I know it was was that that kind of first bit. So um, so yeah, when it changed, I was proper like, like, what I would think like rock. I was rocking it, yeah. You know, yeah. so, uh, aye. There's, there's no chorus in this. No, I know. I'm so happy because I, I didn't want to like <laughs> argue with you at the start because I thought you'll know way more than me. Maybe I've not picked up on the riff, uh, uh, chorus. Sorry. Aye. No, there's no chorus in this either. So that's that's four songs that chorus, and there's only eight yeah. songs in the album. So yeah, and, and, yeah. So the first. <laughs> <laughs> but that's no I think this is again not again not one of my my out and out favourites um, I remember this being one that as a kid you know I, th- I th- thought the riff was so catchy and you know and, yeah. and you know I was drawn towards it you know but you know once you you, you find out more about them and you realise it's, it's certainly not one of their, their best but it's not one of their worst for, by any means and uh, for me, and I think the riffs, riffs in it are, are superb, you know, as you said, you know, because it does change, you know, you know even now, because yeah. I that bit, you know, and it speeds up a wee bit and stuff, you know. Yeah. So it does it does have dynamics and, and changes a wee bit, you know. Um, but the main riff is, I mean, it's a monster riff, you know, it's, it's and, you know, I think this whole album's just like rougher am I anyway, but, um, but yeah, I think this is the, <laughs> this is what, uh, um, what uh, Ronnie James Dio, the 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 singer that repla- replaced Ozzy, because it was a bit of um, argy bargy between Ozzy and him, you know, in the press and stuff, you know, and the the criticism that that Dio made of Ozzy was Ozzy would just sing along with the riff a lot of the time in Sabbath songs. So in this song, it's yeah. an example of that. Yeah, uh, I've noticed that. She lost his mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's uh, you know, so um, I just assumed that was intentional. It is intentional. Yeah, I just um, assumed it, is, it but was. I think he, I think that was a kind of snidey kind of remark towards us. Right. You know, at least I'll kind of do something different over <laughs> and just yeah. follow the riff, you know, um, and do that. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, Iron Man. I think it's a it's a it's a good closer, a side 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 A. I think. Yeah, I can see it being a belter, and I can see why it'll appeal to like more masses or what. Eh? I can see it. Side. Two, side B, whatever. Um, starts off with Electric Funeral. Um, take it, Lucy. So this was my favourite riff. Easily my favourite riff right. on the album. I think it is the coolest. The <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the coolest riff out of them all. Loved that at the start, eh? Um, and then after, like, it's about two minutes where it changes again. The love, I change and 
and, and they love it. I, I, like I say I kind of replaced that in my head for the kind of choruses where I thought oh this must be what they're about more is this kind mm-hmm. this kind of thing so um so yeah and this just as you were saying this is this one does the same where the guitar follows the vocals the vo- vocals follows the guitar as yeah. well this is exactly maybe he was right yeah you know so um, it wasn't wrong it definitely wasn't no. wrong yeah <laughs> Yeah, so the kind of two minutes it changes and it goes back to that really cool riff again. I love that. You know, that's the... Uh, mm, yeah. Um, is this... I know, I was going to say, is this the only one where it comes close to... Because he, he shouts electric funeral, doesn't he? Electric funeral. Does, like, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that the closest yeah, does, it gets yeah. to... <laughs> <laughs> to um, yeah, so I enjoyed this, eh? Anything that's called electric funeral, I'm interested, eh? It's, it's cool, man. <laughs> like, what is it? Yeah, yes. no, uh, you know, I think it's it's, it's interesting. This is your favourite riff, uh, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, so, so, you know the the wah wah the down down yeah it's like kind of marching to a doom. I like it. Aye, aye, I know what you, you know? mean. Aye. I know because yeah, then I that goes do 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 do. Nozzy just sings along with that. Yeah, and um, but what I love, I, I love the change in this. The when it goes into the crap boogie thing, the do do do. Swing time, man, and then and, and love that, love that change. It's you know, um, and that you know, that's the bit you obviously electric funeral, another bit you were talking about, you know. So, I uh, but no, I love that. Nigga's back into the kind of um, the main riff again, um, gets back into the doom. So, it's almost like kind of for me, it's kind of it's quite. Quite kind of dark and brooding, and then it kind of goes into a bit hopeful, kind of almost like let's let's, let's have a bit of a kind of boogie, and then goes back to the yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's back to the back to the doom and gloom, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's proper boogie as well, isn't it? It's proper Aye, totally. like like um like proper dancey. It's proper um Aye, yeah, no, totally. It's, um, yeah, then it goes back to the Aye. doom and gloom. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Bill Ward, he swung. He, he really, he really did swing. And uh, he, the Bill Ward always described his drum playing as he says, I, I, I feel like I'm more like a percussionist than a drummer. You know, I always think of the music and try and play in between the spaces and all these kind of things. I and, love that. Um, I think that's what makes that's what makes him a bit kind of <laughs> maybe a bit different, you know, um, from your, your average metal drummer or whatever, you know, because uh, he just played, he just played with feeling and, you know, but yeah, he was a, a big jazz nut as well, you know. Uh, aye, but no, if you know, aye, aye, it's, uh, aye, love it. Love it, great tune. Um, then after that, it's Hand of Doom. Hand of Doom, of course it is. So this was okay. So this is the one that was that you know that you mentioned Vietnam at the start. Yeah. So this is the one where it's talking about obviously a lot of the veterans were hooked in heroin actually over there. You know, obviously just to I guess you know trying to you know deal with the situation they were living in. You know. Um, and the horrors they were inflicting and seeing, you know, so um, so yeah, um, about heroin and what, you know, and obviously coming back from the war and you know, um, being addicted and things like that. So, um, it's it's probably probably lyrically it's a bit more. I'm gonna say it's judgmental, but it's, it's certainly from 1970. It's probably the the, the most um, understanding anybody could probably be in 1970 about someone being addicted to heroin, if you know what I mean? But in, in contemporary kind of like uh, uh, ears listening to it, it sounds like a wee bit, you know, don't do that stuff, it's bad for you kind of thing, you know? Um, but, you know, it's, but I, I still like the lyrics in it, you know, I think, I think they're still quite evocative, you know? 
I always remember we did these two American army bases and it was where all the guys wanted to finish the tour of Vietnam. Instead of going straight back to America, they'd have to have like a halfway house and there was one in Germany and one in England. And we got talking to like the soldiers and everything. And they were in terrible state and telling me like that a lot of them were doing heroin. Nothing on the news about this, there was no programmes telling you that the US troops in Vietnam were all to get through that horrible war. Well, like, fixing up and all this kind of thing. It just stuck in my head, and when we did Hand of Doom, that's what I wrote it about. Yeah, so it's the one with the most lyrics as well. I was noticing as I'm listening to it, it's got the most into right, the song, yeah. so um, it's pretty overt in what it's talking about as well. There's no subtleties yeah. or kind of... Um, yeah. Like, guises, what does it, what do you think he means, or, you know... And um, honestly, the first couple of times I heard it, I'm thinking... Sounds quite good, eh? Like the start, like that whole yeah, the bass. No, I'm meaning like the the lyrics, like oh, it sounds right. good. Like you can understand why they kind of they did that heroin, yeah yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then it obviously kind of progressively gets worse, and you know, um, yeah. but yeah, for an album, when I'm when I'm thinking about the kind of the, the tracks in the album and what they kind of deal with, and yeah, I suppose there's bits of like. I know you're saying doom and that, but like depression and mm-hmm. drugs, war, kind of all these heavy, yeah, yeah, like um, being being kind of outsider or what I don't that all that kind of thing. So it, it does deal with pretty hard subjects, but mm-hmm. I think the the way that this is written is kind of different for me in the fact that it is kind of just it's like you say it's no it's no hidden or what eh? it's. This is the one as well that I kind of picked up on the drums being the most solid. This was the first time the first time I listened to it. This is where I picked up the drums being just as solid as they are. Ah, like, yeah, they're yeah. pretty solid in this one where it's... Solid. I know it's been... Not that I think it sounds ex- like kind of experimental or what out there, but it's like you say, like you were telling me before, that kind of filling gaps and... Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like the drums are just as much a part of the band, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. like... If if you're a drummer, I would imagine you'd be listening to that all the time. You would be mm-hmm. picking up on all kind of all the the kind of flair and that that's shown with with the drums, or or if you're like me, kind of pick up on the guitar things. But this is the first one where I kind of when I was first listening to, it, I really picked up on the the kind of solidness of the drums and I kind of appreciated them a lot in this one. So so um, I I mean even that the the intro over the bass that. Yeah, you know, it's it's just class, you know, absolutely class. Um, and and interestingly, I'm talking about that last tour that Sabbath did, but Bill mm-hmm. Ward wasn't wasn't there. And um, I think the guy's name's Tommy Clefitos. I think that's his name. I think he played with Aussie solo band anyway. He really irritated the fuck out of me for lots of reasons. Um, but um, but he butchered this. He actually well, did butchered he? that. I could not fucking play it. Practice, mate. You know, it's you know, it's. But yeah, they butchered that. But he just couldn't get it. His, his feet, no, not on the kick drum. Just could not. Could, just couldn't do it. It's things like this, you know, that made you know that made them so special. You know, um, yeah. just these, these wee subtleties, a bit, but really tasty, really technically great. But, but it's not about it's not all about techniques. All about feel. You know, um, he's got the te- yeah. technical ability, but it's not about technical ability. It's about the feel first. You know, yeah, I get that. I get that with with the band as a whole as well. 
I get that with if you're asking me, like, if the lyrics are the best lyrics I've heard, um, uh, uh, they're no, uh, or if is mm-hmm. the the guitar the best, uh, like, probably, I'm probably picking something else, but yet, yeah, for the feeling that it gives mm-hmm. and the, the drums as well, um, I can totally understand how you say that, why yeah, yeah. The, the, the band as a whole is more about that feeling and what it all kind of brings together. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that fair enough? No, I think is that fair enough? Aye, yeah, no, I think that's it. I think, um, I think with the, I mean, I don't know what you've read, but the thing is, with with the band itself, they always used to, certainly in later albums, they would just wait for Tony to come up with a riff. They would sit about, they would literally sit about doing fuck all until Tony come up with a riff, and you know he would feel that pressure. Fuck's sake, you know, right? Okay, you know, so I think he. You know, later on, whereas I think maybe still in these days it probably was but but more jammy and stuff, and yeah. then you'd hear, and then maybe Tony would as they were jamming, you know, oh that's a really cool bit, do that again, all oh, right, let's let's work something round that that wee bit of jam that we did. Whereas I think later on when the coke kicked in, certainly like fourth and fifth album, and um, the coke uh-huh. had kicked in really bad because they were multi millionaires by that point, and you know, and um, they just lay about and and. Um, yeah, and then just waited on Tony coming up with something and then they would build something around that. I mean the music yeah. didn't suffer necessarily for it, but I think they're more together on this this kind of this album and the first yeah. album. Um and the next one as well, probably. But probably after the first three albums it did become different. Um you know, and it was probably a bit more yeah, waiting on Tony coming up with something and, you know, building around it. But but yeah, they're totally together on this and um in this particular song. I think again there's another week and a bit where it changes that do 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 you know that bit and again it almost becomes slightly hopeful, you know, as well. But it gets back to the doom again. So it's kind of follow similar pattern to Electric Funeral as well, you know, for that point. Yeah. Is there a chorus in this one? No. I don't know why I'm taking pleasure in this. I don't think there's any chorus. Yeah. No, Fairies wear boots. I think there's a chorus. Right. Okay. I think. Right. Okay. There is. I mean. I mean. I, yeah, I can hear it in my head. Boots. But there is. There is one chorus though. Yeah, we're both winners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but aye. But hand to doom. You know. I think it's. I, I love this. This tune is one of my favourites on the album. Actually. Yeah. Nobody sounds like Ozzy. It's just like he's almost not a singer. I think that's the that's the, the reason why he sounds. You know. Oh, it sounds different because he's not a singer. He's just some fucking bum Look. <laughs> from Birmingham that managed to get a job in a band. You know, yeah. that's that's it, and he he he'll say that himself. You know, yeah. Um. So, but I think that's the appeal of his voice. You know, but um, at times they would take it too far. Production techniques and his own solo stuff. You're like, fuck's sake, what are they doing? His voice here. You know, making it sound really awful and overproduced. And but again, with the Sabbath stuff, it was really gritty and raw and. His, his best vocals were in Black Sabbath, you know, not with a bit so absolutely. So, see, see the wee bit footage that I have watched. It, um, they all seem like such lovely guys. Ah, right, okay. They all Do you just mean seem when they're like on nice. stage playing, or they no, the, the couple wee, the, the wee couple interviews that I've that I've seen, and even like even the the earlier stuff that I'd seen from from this album that had been recorded at the time, they just seem like nice blokes, and they've got like nice open faces and nice kind of gentle. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. I love that comparison, eh? Not yeah. that I would think there would be anything different, but no, but it's no. just nice. It's just nice. No, it's, uh, they were just, <laughs> you know? they, they were just, 
They were just down to earth guys, you know. They yeah. were they were just down to earth guys. Um, I mean, Bill Ward used to talk about you know when they would get a gig at a club, and he says, and Bill Ward was saying, "We were fucking stinking." I mean, we we looked like tramps and we we stank and everything. And so we you know one of us would walk into the club, and everybody would be like, oh, "Fucking state of this guy." <laughs> the next, you know, and the next one we walking off. Oh, fuck's sake, he's busted. <laughs> and, and, and then they say they get to a point, they black stop it, guys. I'm not coming in. You know, you're not in the club, you're too fucking scruffy, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but aye, but they were, aye, so they were just, they were, they were you know, very earthy. Yeah. And that's no pun intended because it actually used to be called earth. Yeah, I'd read that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but in, in terms of like, I know I'm going way off topic here, but in terms of like their camaraderie and stuff, um, you know, they, Tony Iommi's like the was the biggest practical joker, so he would just always pl- play tricks on everybody and anybody, you know, in the band. And <laughs> it's quite funny because um, he actually they they all I think they all did. They spray painted Bill Ward with gold spray paint um, all over his completely like everywhere. You know, okay. he was bald naked and they spray painted him with gold spray paint, and then he started suffocating. Because obviously his pores were all closed up and so I didn't get in the hospital all covered in gold. <laughs> you know, so. Wow, and, uh, what a way to yeah. go if that was, if you did suffocate <laughs> that was, that was like that, if that was it. <laughs> covered in gold. Buried, buried in gold. Wow. That's just mean, is it, no? I know, but I think he consented. I think it was just like, Bill Ward was so easy going, ah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just like, ah, whatever, go for it. I, mean, I know that's not necessarily a practical joke, but, um, but you know, just they, they, they made their fun. Yeah, that's probably, that would, that would be the Coke years, I think. That would yeah. be the Coke years. They, 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 on their fifth album, they hired a big house, a mansion in Bel Air. They hired this massive big mansion in Bel Air. I mean, it was. We had, I think, every pusher in LA was there. They were coming up every time. We were, we were literally buying um, soapbox cartons full of cocaine and just like emptying them out on this big table, this like, big communal table in the living room. And just like doing tons of coke all the time and going, like, writing the stuff and going to the studio, recording it, coming back, doing more coke and. Just doing all kind, every drug you could imagine. We did it in that, that particular time. You know how last week we were we were talking about like places you'd want to be. I'd like to be there as well now, eh? <laughs> yeah, just watch the carnage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to see what it's like. Because I never grudge these. We know when folks say about them, get, like people getting into drugs. I, I get it. Eh? No, you can it does. see how I mean, people ease it. Yeah, you know. You do. When you become successful and famous, you're you're not you anymore. You're not normal anymore. Yeah. That that's past, you know. And I think you know. Sometimes it's just you're around it, and sometimes it's just a way of coping with it all, yeah. you know. And um, yeah. and um, yeah, when you've got, I mean, Bergiza Butler talking about, you know, obviously we started getting money, and you know, I bought a Rolls Royce and all that and all that stuff, and then he actually went back to Birmingham, you know, to see his family. And he uh-huh. couldn't do it. He was he was actually struggling to leave because he just became somebody else. And I don't know if it was shame. Yeah. I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was. And if it felt he'd strayed so far from what he was and these roots and stuff, he, he really struggled with yeah. being back in Birmingham. Yeah, that's you know? sad. So, yeah. 
have they never done have they never done talks about it have, has there never been like tours of them talking or anything no none of them apart like the book talk and... yeah t- Tony did um, he did one in Birmingham that I went down to see and it was fucking awful the guy that was interviewing him knew nothing about Black Sabbath right or his career I think he was just he was off. I think he was a sports journalist or something right uh, but it was terrible went down to Birmingham for it and it was awful but then he did one at, at uh, Paisley Town Hall as part of Paisley's it was a festival Paisley had on anyway and I went along to see that, and it was excellent because it was Phil Alexander, who's like a rock and metal journalist. I think he's the editor of Mojo now. All right, um, okay. And he interviewed him, and it was so much better. <laughs> it was like night and day, yeah. and I had a really good time. So yeah, we went to we went to say some of those uh, those kind of things, you know. Um, yeah, good. Too, but, but they're also they're, they're not the most overtly kind of like the, the, even Ozzy. I mean, when you ask Ozzy, just be like. Ugh. Really, be us talking here. You know, they're all kind of like that. They they're not the most willing to speak. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay. But they but. I suppose that just adds to their appeal, though, eh? Because if they were show offy and exactly and what desperate to yeah, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, wouldn't be the same. Leave a bit mystery if this could have happened exactly. or what the hell happened. Uh, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Because that's the thing. There's not a lot. Of, you have to really dig for the information on Black Sabbath. Um, oh, do you? you? Know, yeah, there is. There are books out there, but. But the stories contradict themselves so much. You know, you hear one story right. from one person and that's a completely different story for somebody else. And then the third person says something completely different. Again, adding to the mystery, you're thinking, well, what is the true story here? Right. You know, um, and nobody really knows. You know, you can get a rough idea, but, you know, um, run about the politics of the band and, you know, who left and why they left and who was fired yeah. and who was, you know, who left and, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. So, uh, but anyway, I digress. But, um... So move on to Rat Salad, which is an instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of yeah. this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I loved it, eh? Um, the big drum solo, kind of, the, for the whole last minute, it's cool as anything, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, is it, no? just noise. <laughs> no, you know, you know, no, I think it's cool as anything. I think with Rat Salad, I think, because I like the, the, the groove, the do, 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 yeah. do, do, you know, do, 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 the drums doing the crazy stuff and all that. Um, I'd have probably preferred if they fleshed it out a bit more into something. You know, it feels, right. it feels again a wee bit like maybe the paranoid kind of thing. Whereas I've, I've said to themselves, right, let's, okay. just, let's just fill some space here and just have a bit of a jam, you know. But I would have, I'd have preferred it to, to turn into something. You know, even if it was still instrumental. You know, it would have been cool if it if it'd been more like... Yeah, I get that. A few more riffs, you know, playing off the drums a bit more and, you know, that kind of thing in the, the bass and drums. But, but anyway, but no, I don't I don't dislike it. It's, yeah, I had that. The, the, the guitars sound like something I've heard before in the album as well. Like, it's nothing... Right. It doesn't sound like anything mm, new. Yeah. It just it maybe sounds like a wee bit rehashed, but mm. I thought it was cool hearing the drums in that for the... For the ah, definitely, kind of going off in one, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. What about mental? Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I like it. Just Cool name as well, Rat Salad. salad do, you, do you know where that came from? I don't know. I don't know where Rat uh, Salad came from. Um, it, just, it just says that sounds like an Aussie title to me. This is Bill Ward saying. <laughs> so I'm blaming it on Aussie, but <laughs> where it came from, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody out there that actually knows, and if you do know, let us know. <laughs> in the comments <laughs> um, but yeah and then we finish up the album with uh, Fairies Wear Boots um, 
And uh, do you know the story behind this one? If I might, did I read right? It was about some skinheads That's that. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, did they have a go at Ozzy or what? Yeah, they, they, I think they were recording the album. Um, it might have been the first album or this album. Was it this album? No, it, must, it might have been the first album, or it might have been rehearsals or something like that. But, um, but yeah, these these skinheads, you know, Ozzy in the way to the studio, um, kind of jumped them, and um, so he came in, and the rest of the band got kind of team heavy and went out and kind of. Got a fight with them, I think one grabbed a hammer and all that. <laughs> just went out. Of <laughs> and um, so so yeah, that was it. They just they just kinda of wrote that around, you know, calling them fairies, you know. And obviously their boots being their Doc Martins and stuff, yeah. you know. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. But of course they this is cool. It's more about the title rather than you know, the lyrics don't necessarily suggest that's exactly what it's about, kind of thing, you know, because it's more about um being out your face on drugs and your doctor telling you to chill the fuck out, <laughs> you know, <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> because you're seeing fairies, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, because if you're listening, that it sounds more like that. That's it's a druggy thing. Yeah, it's hallucinations it like and more, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hallucinations. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it kicks straight off right in the guitars, and it kicks right up into the music straight away, yeah, doesn't it? Uh, I like it that. Yeah. Uh, and then it's almost kind of solo right at the start. I do. There's the whole. It goes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it again. This is another one where it changes halfway through as well. Eh. Um, ah, yep. Is that that swing thing again? The, I, I love. Yeah. I love that riff. The do 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 do. Yeah. And the kind of bluesy jazzy. Yep thing you really hear it in this one totally. this is the first one where i'm like oh it's really clear to me Aye, yeah. um kind of where that where that that influences come from but um um and then although this if i mind right the song's about five minutes the way it kind of fades out at the end it almost sounds short Aye, it almost yeah. sounds like what like it, it's because it, it sounded a lot quicker than yeah, it was yeah. yeah so um yeah, I like this, the Fairy Spear Boots. It's cool. It's a great name, isn't it? I totally It's It doesn't disappoint, eh? No. If you're getting a good... If, when I am when I looked at the track list, I'm thinking that I want to get to Fairy Spear Boots, eh? And yeah. uh, it doesn't disappoint. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's one of my favourites now, definitely. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, even you're talking about that end bit, you know, the way Geezer plays on the bass, the do 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 is while Tony's just doing yeah. his... And then it just kind of fades out, you know? Um, yeah. But you know, but Geezer. I mean, I, I probably know said enough about Geezer on this album. But Geezer, I, I think his playing playing's absolutely brilliant um, on the bass, you know, on this and this record. But and all Sabbath records, to be fair. But um, but just I just love the groove of that main riff. You know, just it's one of my favourite Sabbath moments. You know, the especially when you just hear that kicking yeah. in. It's just just love it. You know, it just gets so much. So much swing, but so much force at the same time. It's like you could dance yeah. to it, but it's kind of it melts your face at the same time. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Is his real name Geezer? His real name's Terry. Right. <laughs> I was hoping. I was just. I knew you were going to say it wasn't his real name, but I was just really hoping you were going to just say yeah. I know. You know that it was. I take it he's a geezer. Great geezer. I can't remember even what the story was. This is terrible, man. I, my knowledge of Sabbath once upon a time was like cast iron, and now it's now probably getting... you've just you've never had the most shallow questions asked no, to you. Whereas, like, it's his real name. 
I know, but um, <laughs> I know I'm kind of disappointing myself in this podcast because I, I could I could bring a lot more, and I've just no ball in my ass to kind of really. I think I've been too cocky, Lucy. I'm no, but I've no, I've not actually done my research before this because I think, well, I know it all, you know, and I can just turn up and just talk, and it'll be interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I've heard it's, interesting stories. There's not, been, been plot twists and. <laughs> High moments and kind of you know and then oh somber doom like we're we're talking about so no you you've not disappointed me good thanks thanks <laughs> thanks for that appreciate it <laughs> um but ah uh, yeah yeah I mean I I, I love it um I, I I love fairies wear boots I think it's um again another example of the just the you know lots of different riffs but they're taking you in different places and and um different tempos just. Just and again, yeah, this has got a chorus. I would, I would, this has got a chorus. This okay, is, so there's only one song on the album that's got a chorus. So I, I, I can see to you, let's say that. Like, <laughs> um, no, well, yeah, not at all. Jeez, oh, um, <laughs> so seven songs out of the album don't have a chorus. Now you're gonna make me think because I've never ever thought of Sabbath in that way It's not having yeah. choruses. Now I'm gonna be listening to Sabbath thinking, has this got a chorus? So you've yeah, changed my, them got choruses. You've changed, you've changed my way of listening to them now. I, I, that, that's going to uh, be in my head now. Is this got a chorus? <laughs> you know, um, there's ones right away I can think in my head that I've got choruses, but just was it a, t- a period in time or, you know, later on, was it, were they still at it? You know, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Ah, cool. I like it. Um, is that us then? I think so. Okay. So that's... Uh, so that's Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Yeah, I have enjoyed it. You have surprised me. Because when you, you suggested it to me, I'm thinking, oh, but if David's liking this right, I'll give it I'll give it a good listen then. It has it has changed me, especially um especially my proper genuine love for Planet Caravan as well. So that's you've gave me a, a brilliant song that I've loved, so yeah. If nothing else, ah, yeah. Yeah, and now I can actually say I've heard a Sabbath song or what, eh? Yeah, yeah. You, you can... So when I see these blokes walking about in their in their Sabbath t-shirts and that, I can be like, hey, paranoid, eh? <laughs> no, don't it's say no, that. It's say it's that. No ask, as good them, as... ask them what their favourite song is. If they say paranoid, they can say, shake They keep feet. walking. Aye, Aye. exactly. That's I'm more of a war pig woman. <laughs> My <laughs> planet caravan. <laughs> Wifey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, class. So, but if there's a if you like Planet, Planet Caravan on the next album, uh, Master of Reality, uh-huh. there's a song on it called Solitude, and it's okay. um, it's very soft. Again, it's kind of more acoustic-y than you know than okay. Planet Caravan. Planet Caravan is a bit more. Aye, it's it's just it's just a bit more earthy. And then okay. uh, Planet I will Caravan. check that out. Uh, Solitude's got a flute on it as well. Tony Iommi plays a flute on it. Yeah. So jazz flute, love uh, it. It's actually more. It's more <laughs> kind of. Oh. Nah, it's more like kind of folky flute <laughs> than jazz <Right>, flute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another story actually. Um, um, you just reminded me of that. Um, so Tony Iommi ca- can play the flute and did play the flute uh-huh. and. Um, uh, Geezer was telling this story where they got this like amazing hash. The best, best hash you could ever imagine. We'd smoke these until like, the very last second that we had to go on stage. And um, 
Well, this one night we went on stage and <laughs> he thought he was playing the flute, but the flute was down here on his chin. He was just blowing into the microphone. <laughs> so all the audience was hearing was this... <laughs> on the amplified all over the PA. And he had his eyes closed. So Ozzy got this... We, we were all like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> and all we could hear was like, he's blowing all through the PA. Flute nowhere near his lips. So Ozzy got this great big mirror out of the dressing room and dragged it on stage and put it right in front of him while he was doing this thing. <laughs> so he finished what he thought was this flute solo and opened his eyes and seen himself and he's, he's just, <laughs> I'm like, we, we just had to stop playing. We just couldn't play. We just had been laughing for about 20 minutes after that. Wow. Yeah, I like that. So are you, are you are you are you done with Sabbath? Have you have you have you said I've heard them now? I'm I'm fine with what I've heard. You know I've got my wee song. No, no, I think I'll listen to it more. Hmm? Yeah, I think I will. And see when you're saying that they've had so many different lineups and yeah, I want to hear that. I want to hear what it's like. Yeah. Is there been constants within it? Is <laughs> is there always? Is there been constants? Only Toriyomi. Only Toriyomi. Only Tony, right. Just Tony and he's been the only constant through the whole, um, I the whole career of Black Sabbath. I mean, it, it gets right. to a point where you know people would criticise him and say this isn't Black Sabbath anymore. It's like it's so far from yeah. what they were and what they. And you can understand that criticism. Um, I get it, but I've liked all the lineups in very in varying yeah. degrees. Um, um, but for me, that's part of the intrigue as well. It's just like it's, it's such a Weird fucking, you know, the, 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 the all the albums that contain the Black Sabbath name. If you look at them all through yeah. from from album one right through to the last album, it's just just weird, just just weird the the kind of like the musical directions I've taken, and but it's always been Tony Iommi. He's always always been there. Right, know. right, yeah, interesting. Bye. Um, I'll not tell you where to go next. You know, just you, okay. you figure it out. But but. But if you like that, but I'd, I'd maybe check out Solitude. But if you're wanting a nice yeah. wee, it's a bit more folky, right enough than Planet Caravan. Planet Caravan's a bit more spacey and hippie-ish and trippy and yeah. Trippy, aye, this is a bit more. But it's a lovely song. I like it. Yeah. Do you want to hear what I have for you for for next time? No. No. I'm, <laughs> no idea. That's it. Anyway. Yeah. Is it? We've done two. We've done one each. Let's <laughs> stop. That's it. Let's just stop. I'll be like you know like this. You know the, the the band that knows when to quit do two albums and just go fuck that. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, because you you're you're already you've messed up my like Spotify suggestions because now oh, really? I'm going to start getting like 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 well, you know, you've just messed messed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I feel like I'm pro- probably I've actually really toyed with this over this last week, mm-hmm. so I've um. I had an album for like up until probably Thursday that I was definitely going with and then I've changed it but all way in the same bit so um, I did have uh, Lou Reed and John Cale's 1990 album Songs for Drella right because it's my favourite mm-hmm. but I kept in my head I knew it wasn't right so I'm going for just the Velvet Underground and Nico I think it all comes back to that with them too and if you've if you've no listen to it much the kind of inspiration that they've had on on different bands and a lot of bands I like throughout the years you, you've got to have heard that before you hear anything else I think okay? right okay. and if you've no heard Nico singing 
and 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 can when the velvet underground or any or solo stuff, you need to have heard it. So, okay, and that's my opinion. So, All right, so I'm going for that. What year was that then, Lucy? Nineteen sixty-seven. Wow, I didn't. So back in time. So that's actually interesting because I didn't know they were going that early. Yeah. I yeah, nineteen sixty-seven. Maybe Velvet Underground was sixty-nine, seventy. Thought yeah. that was when they started. Um, and um, so that's got it. That's interesting for me right away, right off the bat. Yeah, it was the one with the banana. I've just looked it up there. I thought yeah, it it's the, the banana the album. The banana yeah, yeah, yeah the banana album. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's part of the reason why I, I love this kind of this area so much is because it it does kind of feather out into Andy Warhol and. The Warhol Girls and you know Studio Fifty Four and mm. all that kind of all that kind of where it all goes out to kind of feathers out into a lot of kind of areas when when rock so um mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah pretty experimental and pretty out there and like like I hope you'll probably hear the influence that they've had on on a lot of bands um when you listen to it and if if you. If you've not listened to it, have you listened to any of it? Have you I don't heard any I've, of this? I've never listened to the album, I can say that for sure. Um, and I don't. Have you heard like Femme Fatale and Venus and Furs or anything like that? Mm, I don't think so. That that actually makes me really happy because so. yeah. some of it, I'm not saying it's an easy listen by any stretch. Some of them, some of them are, but there's some of them that are pretty heavy going and hard going and. Not ones I'm sitting, you know, ironing and singing along to, like on a Sunday afternoon. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But uh, yeah. so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you think of it. Aye, no, nice one. Well, like I say, it's all about listening to something new in it. So, um, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, because Velvet Underground and even Lou Reed. I mean, it's very. I mean, do I know a Velvet Underground song even? Um, the shiny, shiny, no, shiny. Is that? Is that shiny bits of leather. That's uh, uh, that's uh, Venus and Furs. Is that what it's called? The song. Yeah, that's Venus, Venus and, and Furs. Yeah. Right, because I thought it was called Shiny, Shiny or something. Sunday morning, Nico singing. <laughs> Sing it. Right, I'm okay. no brave enough. I, I, I always had the courage there, and then I looked at you, and then I don't have the courage. What's the what's the what's the main lyrics on it then? Say them. Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is that. You know. I think I think once All you right. play it, you'll kind of be like me this week, where you'll be ah right. I have heard this in movies and and um, whatever ah, culture right, okay, and yeah. things that you've heard or what. So, <laughs> and it has probably one of my favourite songs the all time on it. One that I've got the lyrics up that I'm looking at in front of me, so I've got them kind of on a metal poster in front of I me. Mean, so um, yeah, so it means quite a bit to me. So. To yeah, yeah. So um, you mean you've not got so, I am Iron Man above you? I know, and I don't think I will. But I'm thinking about just like shouting that <laughs> in different different points throughout my day. Just you know, I get asked to do something at work that I'm really pissed off about, and just be like, oh, I am Iron Man, <laughs> or just the most inappropriate <laughs> times throughout the Aye, day. Because like I just like a wedding or something, or <laughs> <laughs> I just. I just, yeah, it was, yeah, that was one bit this week where I was like, I just can't really, I'm no Iron Man. I'm like pipsqueak <laughs> woman, I'm like loser, <laughs> I'm just not that. <laughs> I can't relate to this. <laughs> Excellent, well, aye, good, so we will re- we will return with, uh, with Velvet Underground and Nico, 1967. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, well, I mean um, it's experimental, but this is this is as cool as it gets, David. Eh? Yep. Aye. Yeah, it's as cool is, as is this, it gets. Is this your world? Is this is this is this kind of where does this rank in your albums? I, I don't want to get too ahead because I know we're going to obviously get into it. But is this is this just pretty high? Yeah, it's pretty high. It's pretty high. Obviously, the the yeah, this album's got to be pretty high. It's so it's so out there and so spacey and stuff like that. It's just and you know, it, like I don't want to get too much, but John Cale's by far my favourite. Eh? I love that kind of. He's classically trained and that he's kind of he's 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 far out and Lou Reed's that kind of he's hard, eh? He's hard as like mm-hmm. tough as like it's strange. It's a, such a strange combination and then the fact that Warhol kind of introduced them to Nico and what it's it just shouldn't work, but it does. It's just so cool, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what you say about it. No, I'm definitely looking forward to listening because it's again it's new music. All right, yeah. so we will return for episode three with Velvet Underground and Nico, and we'll see you then. Take care of yourselves. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Misty.